The Coverage Genius Podcast. Five. What's up, Genius Nation? I hope you're all doing well. My name is George, and I want to welcome you to the fifth episode of the Coverage Genius Podcast, where we meet and learn from amazing Asians from around the world. In this episode, we meet an entrepreneur in the fashion space. So, are you ready, Genius Nation? Well, then let's get started. Genius Nation, welcome to the Coverage Genius Podcast. I am very excited today because I have the privilege of introducing to you someone who's been making strides in the fashion space. You may have seen him and his team on the streets of Seoul, checking out the latest modern Korean trends, or even at a Buddhist temple, chatting it up. With a monk getting insights and inspiration. He definitely has a passion for fashion and for sharing his interpretations with the world. So, without further ado, I'm thrilled to introduce fashion entrepreneur and my good friend Terrence Kim. Hey, Terrence, say what's up to the Genius Nation and share one thing that people may not know about you. What's up, Genius Nation? Um, I'm Terrence, CEO, co-founder of the brand called Issei. Um, I'm actually a Korean-American, but I've been living in Asia for the last 10 years. Uh, we started this brand maybe seven years ago, and yeah, we've been growing steadily. And yeah, we're planning to move back to New York soon, so hopefully we can do a bunch of events and connect with you guys out there. Awesome. So, Terrence, can you tell us a little about yourself and your background? So I was actually born in New Jersey. Um, I have a younger brother named Kevin who actually started the brand with. Um, yeah, growing up, you know, just regular childhood. Um, my mom was super into uh, like furniture design, fashion, um, a bunch of my family members all worked in the industry. So uh, I kind of had that exposure since a young age, uh, but I had no interest in pursuing it as a career. But yeah, in college, um, I started getting to sneaker culture and I would make, you know, some side cash, just buying and selling sneakers like, you know, denim and other kind of streetwear. And um, yeah, after I graduated college, it was 2009, um, one of the worst recessions ever. So I found myself kind of just interviewing for all these jobs and, you know, for these companies that I really had no interest in or passion to work at. So my dad encouraged me to move up to China. Um, he spent like seven years out there and he always told me that, you know, China's the future and I learned the language. So after about six months of trying to get a job, um, 
I decided to just go to China and enroll in a language program, and that really just changed my life. Um, how do you how years, how you know? do you just pack up everything and move to a foreign land? I mean, tell me the thinking behind that. Honestly, I was scared. Um, you know, I lived in the states my whole life. Uh, I don't speak any Chinese. I don't know anyone in China, but I just knew that you know all these jobs I were applying for is is just it would be a waste of my time. I think the company's time, and I just couldn't see myself being locked into something like that. So, yeah, before I left, you know, I was scared. I sold everything I had, all my clothes, all my sneakers, and yeah, I just booked a flight to China and enrolled in the language program and. It ended up being best decision I've ever made. So, yeah. So when you were in China, how long were you in China for? Um, a little over two years, and then after a year of being there, um, it was so amazing. Um, I told my brother to come as soon as he graduated from college. So he joined me a year afterwards. So what and, did you learn, yeah. like in those two years being over in China? I mean, I was studying Mandarin, so my Mandarin got pretty good. I haven't used it in a while, so it's kind of rusty. But um, the biggest like takeaway I got from that experience was, you know, just meeting um, people from all over the world. You know, experiencing not only Chinese culture but you know, culture from all these other different countries, and really, like, you know, all these friends that I met, you know, kids that were younger than me, all starting their own businesses. Um, so that's when I was first exposed to like uh, entrepreneurship and, you know, seeing people from like Afghanistan, like Japan, Spain, like all making money and they're all younger than me, you know, running their own companies. So that really inspired me. Um, and that's why, yeah, uh, Kevin moved out, my brother Kevin moved out of China. And yeah, we tried to launch a shoe brand. We didn't know what we were doing, but we learned a lot uh, failing at that. And then, yeah, after two years, we ended up moving to Korea, and that's when we launched um, Ise, my brand that's running till this day. So you started with shoes, and now you're doing, you know, fashion. How did you, why fashion, you know, and why Korea? Like, what made you decide to leave China? You said China was really good. You learned so many things there. Mm -hmm. You met so many people. Why come mm -hmm. to Korea and why do fashion? So while we were in China, um, we actually met this older Korean designer from Korea. Um, he came to visit us in China because he wanted to, you know, manufacture uh, in the city that we were staying in called Hangzhou. So we met with him and he's just like, oh, you guys come by to Seoul. You know, I can show you my office and show you what we're doing. And at that point, you know, Kevin and I, like, we have no really like real knowledge about Seoul or Korea and, you know, our family's all, you know, from Korea. So there for leisure and then, yeah, traveling around the country, we just got so inspired and then, yeah, we decided to move to Korea after China. But how did you make that connection to, let's say, okay, Kevin, let's start a fashion brand. Let's do this. I mean, like what, where that, where that uh, spark and fire come from? So it came from um, just traveling. So, you know, growing up as Korean Americans, we weren't really exposed to a lot of our heritage. 
So when we got to Korea, we really traveled all around the country. Um, and we were so inspired from like, you know, architecture, the interior design, all the fabrics, you know, natural dyeing, um, all these things that we didn't know about our own heritage. And we thought it would be really cool to kind of reinterpret these different elements and, um, in kind of like a modern way through fashion. Um, cause that's what our interest is in. So yeah. Um, we actually didn't start as a clothing brand. We launched the backpacks and then from there, um, it kind of grew into more categories. Like, and we're now, right now we're focusing on clothing. But you both, I mean, do you have fashion backgrounds? No. So I was an English major and my brother was a finance major, but yeah, since high school, we were always into like you know sneakers and streetwear and like hip hop and all that. So we kind of combined all those interests and started the brand. So uh, that just seems really amazing to me that you have <laughs> no training, and I I relate to this too because you know I've I've done a bunch of things as well with no training, but so I, I kind of understand, but. Maybe you can help mm-hmm. the Genius Nation kind of understand a little deeper about how you can actually go and do something like fashion when you have no experience whatsoever. I mean, you have a passion for it because you like sneakers, you like clothing, you have your own sense. But how do you start something from scratch in a foreign land that you don't know anybody? You're just experiencing things by looking at things like oh, how people use old you know, tech textured clothing and cloths and whatever and dyeing. Like, how do you connect that and then just make a brand, share your insights? Yeah, so that older Korean designer that we met in China, um, when we got to Seoul, he's one of the first people we met with. And he kind of, you know, showed us around his showroom. Um, they had sample makers there. And he kind of, like, schooled us on the process of, like, yeah, you can design something, but then how do you actually get it made? like the first sample or like, how do you, you know, source fabrics or how do you, you know, connect with the manufacturer to produce your product. So we kind of got, you know, like a little education through him. Um, and then from there, it's just a lot of trial and error and trial and error. Um, you know, Kevin is uh, head of product right now. Um, he's a head designer and he has no design experience. And if you look at our first sample, it's like, it's just trash, you know, like it's not something <laughs> we could show anyone, but, you know, just through trial and error and through improvement, um, yeah, it just got better and better and better. until we finally, you know, thought we were ready to kind of show something to the world. So yeah, it's just learning as we go. Uh, and we still do that now, you know, we still make a ton of mistakes, but we learn from it and we never do it again. So yeah, that's the process of how it's been the last few years. I mean, I think that's a really good key point of trial and error of just doing it, jumping into the Mm -hmm. fire and basically making the mistakes that you make, but you learn from them and you grow. And I think that's what growth is all about. I mean, I'm sure you and your brother have experienced some amazing highs and some amazing lows. Can you share one of each um, with us and and kind of like um, how, how you went through those experiences? Mm-hmm. Well, I think owning your own business, there's always highs and always lows, no matter how long you've been running your own company. Um, let's start with the high. So in 20, let's see, 
2018. I think it was 2018. Um, we actually got a, a government sponsorship from the Korean government to do our first runway show in New York for New York Fashion Week. And for us, that was like, you know, a really big moment because, you know, we left America. We came to Korea to start this brand. You know, a lot of my family members and friends, they didn't really know what was going on with us, you know, what we were doing. And then, you know, to start like a Korean-inspired brand um, as Korean-Americans in Korea and then coming back to New York and doing our first runway show um, for New York Fashion Week, I think that was like a really big moment for us. You know, our grandma, grandparents came out, our family, all our friends. Awesome. And they really got to see, you know, what we've been working on for the last you know, several years. So I think that was definitely um, one of the highlights from our career. And to talk about the lows, there's a lot of lows. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, running a business is not easy, you know, especially, you know, back with Corona last year. So, yeah, we almost lost our company several times throughout the, the lifespan of the brand. But, you know, always at the last second, um, either through someone we met or, you know, it's just some miracle always happened where, we were, you know, allowed to let's say, keep the lights on for another three months, another three months, another six months. And, yeah, it's just been about surviving. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, they were lows, but every time we reach those lows, we always learn something that helps us keep going on. So, and I appreciate the lows and the highs. Is there one clear experience that comes to mind where you were – uh, in a jam and you had to figure a way out? <laughs> Again, there's so many, but, uh, yeah, I remember this one time. So I'm 34 now. Um, uh, when I was, I turned 30 years old, uh, and that month <clears throat> or that year was just really hard for us. You know, a bunch of things happened behind the scenes. And then I remember, um, like I had to cut my salary, um, more than half, just so we can pay the employees and pay our office rent and everything. And yeah, I, I turned 30 years old, you know, which is a big milestone, you know, in anyone's life. And I remember I got, I had to pay myself maybe like $900 that month. And, you know, 500 went to rent, $100 went to, you know, your phone bills and everything. So I had to live off just a few hundred dollars. So that was like a very humbling experience. Um, and I was like, wow, I'm 30 years old. I'm still going through these hardships, you know. But then a month later, um, yeah, we met uh, a really great person who ended up uh, investing in our company. So since then, you know, um, yeah, we've been growing. You know, doing and, but, you know, I always remember those times. Um, yeah, it just keeps me in check. And it was a very humbling experience. So yeah, I'll never forget it. How about some lessons? Um, you know, we have a lot of younger people who listen. And um, what kind of lessons have you learned away, learned along the way with regards to, you know, starting and running this business? Um, lessons maybe from the business, lessons maybe about life or something that you've learned or about yourself that maybe you didn't even realize before. Mm-hmm. Like, what are a couple things that you've learned that you now apply um, on a daily daily basis? 
Okay. Um, definitely, whatever you pursue, you have to have 100% belief in what you're doing. Because, yeah, you know, starting a fashion brand, you know, it's cool. It was a lot of fun. But, you know, you don't anticipate all the lows, you know, like I've just mentioned. But if you really believe in what you're putting out, it'll get you through all those hard times. You know, if I didn't have 100% faith in this concept and this, this brand, um, I don't think I would have made it. You know, there's a lot of times where, I, I want to call it quits or, you know, the companies wouldn't, you know, survive financially. But, you know, I thank, thankfully for my brother too, you know, um, we've always believed in kind of pushing this Korean inspired fashion brand globally. So yeah, if, if you believe in something, it'll get you through anything. So that's like one thing I've learned and I'm continuing to learning. Um, yeah belief awesome belief belief i think that's mm-hmm. very important um gotta you gotta believe man you gotta believe <laughs> what would you say if you could speak to your younger self what would you say to that person oh i would say a lot uh, i think yeah one thing i would definitely say is uh you know, when I first got to Korea, I would have definitely enrolled in a Korean language program. Um, Cause I definitely have missed out on certain opportunities because I'm not fluent in Korean, but at the same time, you know, looking back, you know, we were so broke, <laughs> so busy trying to, you know, start this company, you know, trying to figure everything out that I don't think I really had time to do that, but yeah, definitely invest in language because um, it can apply to any business field. You know, even learning Chinese, like it's helped me in so many different ways, not just fashion. So, yeah, I would have told myself to really focus on learning Chinese and learning Korean more. Um, I think that would have helped my career uh, and the brand a lot. Hey, you can still learn. You can still learn a little bit a day. I've been been saying that for years, but it's, it's busy. Um, but yeah, you know, no excuses. I'm no gonna, excuses. Got to make time. You got to make time. A little. Yeah, just got to make time. Exactly. Exactly. So, can you share a little bit uh, on some of the projects you're working on right now through Isay or anything else? Yeah. So, um, you know, during Corona, um, you know, we're traditionally a wholesale business, so that means you know we sell to other boutiques to sell our product. But because a lot of these stores couldn't open, um, you know, our business almost got cut in half. But that's kind of forced us to, you know, focus more on digital, which has been a really great learning experience. Um, and through that, we have also gotten a lot of collaboration requests. So this year we have uh, six collabs lined up starting the fall. Um a lot of them are you know, clothing brands, textile brands, but we're working on our first pair of sunglasses. Uh, we're talking to a global footwear company to release our first shoe, which is really exciting. So that's how we got into this whole space, was our love through uh, sneaker culture. And then we're also going to explore kind of lifestyle goods. So we're planning to start making uh, 
you know, kitchenware, you know, plates, some ceramics. Um, we're thinking about working with a Korean alcohol company to do a collab alcohol. I think that'll be a lot of fun too. And yeah, we're, I'm really looking forward to doing more out in New York and LA. Um, yeah, we've been based here for so long in Korea, but you know, one of our biggest markets is the States. So I really want to do a lot of events and kind of bring out a lot of, you know, really cool Korean artists that aren't as well known as in the States and do events with them, collaboration with them. Yeah. So we, we have a lot lined up for like Q3 and Q4 this year. So I'm excited for that. You said a lot, which I kind of want to touch on. Um, mm. These collaboration requests, like, I mean, it sounds like you're going global and you're going to guys are becoming like big ass, uh, you know, Fortune 500 company with all these collaborations. Yeah, yeah, like, how are you getting those. these collaborations with, um, you know, whether it be the alcohol company or whether it be the big mm. uh, shoe brand, which I'm sure everyone knows? Um, like, how do you get these um, collaborations happening? Um, to be honest, it's a lot, uh, through word of mouth from really good friends of ours. So, you know, we have friends like the shoe, the shoe deal, um, that was connection made through our friend who lives in Berlin. You know, we met him out in Paris when we used to do Paris fashion week. Um, he's a great guy. He actually, um, connected us with Gore-Tex. So we became a Gore-Tex brand partner. And we, we've been working with them for the last few years. Um, the alcohol company that we're talking to now, they're actually a Korean alcohol company, but um, through another friend, uh, we got connected with them. And they kind of want to reach a younger audience and a global audience. So, yeah, we have a lot of cool ideas um, with them that are not just, just focused on alcohol, you know, kind of lifestyle products and, you know, maybe like a, an event where we can pair it, you know, with like a food pairing and, and alcohol. You kind of do that in LA, New York and Seoul. Um, yeah. A lot of it's through, you know, word of mouth through really good friends. And, you know, as the brand has been growing because we do kind of represent like Korean aesthetics and modernizing them. A lot of companies have uh, contacted us to kind of put our spin on certain things. So yeah, that's pretty much how we've been getting our collaborations going. That's awesome. I mean, are you, I know you guys are doing stuff through social media too. How has, and, and you talked about digital, I'm assuming that's presence through, you know, selling through online store and that type of stuff. Like, um, mm-hmm. how did you go about setting that up with, um, and utilizing like social media? Because I mean, COVID shut everything down right in Korea and you're, mm-hmm. you're based in Korea, but you said a lot of your customers and clientele aren't in Korea. They're overseas, mostly in the U S. How do you get, you know, this word out that you, um, about your brand and, and kind of, uh, share it to the masses through social media. How, like, what is your approach in doing that? So before we ever started Ize, um, right when I moved to China, uh, I started a blog actually, just so my, my family and friends could kind of keep tabs on what I was doing. And I also want to, you know, record my experiences, um, and share that. And that blog actually, uh, 
grew to like a few thousand followers. It's probably like uh, 2000, yeah, 2009. Um, and then even when we were starting the shoe brand or when we officially started Issei, um, yeah, I was blogging the entire process, you know, us visiting all these natural dyers out in the countryside, us making our first sample, our first sketch. Um, yeah, you're kind of just bringing the audience along with us as, you know, we try and start this company. So, yeah, they were, they actually, um, became our first customers too. all these people that were following my blog. And then through that blog, I met a lot of, you know, people that worked at like GQ, you know, or they worked at like Vogue or Hypebeast or they, you know, they were working at this store that wanted to carry us. And it just, again, it's all just, you know, word of mouth through friends and through followers. And then that kind of just, you know, grew steadily over the last you know, six, seven years now. So I think yeah. you kind of are hitting on something that's actually pretty important, which is, um, sharing your story, but being honest about it. I think that's kind of what probably got you to those thousands and thousands of followers when you're doing your blog, probably because you're, yeah. you're sharing your personal experience and you're being very open about it. And I think mm-hmm. that's actually pretty key, right? Because a lot of times when you see social media, you see all this nonsense and garbage and everyone trying to, you know, be something that they're not, but your approach was very honest and sincere. And I think that's something that I think people should really try to work on is telling the story like from the ground level and not trying to be something or someone that they're not. I think that's, this is something that you probably, um, you, you know, you're doing and probably doing subconsciously because I, I've known you for a very long time and I know how honest you are. I know how, you know, how, um, how you are as a person. So um, I think people these days want to know about the story. They want to know about um, the struggles and how you get from one place to another. And that's probably how um, you you share your story. And that's how you build a network of people, of actual friends that maybe I'm sure you haven't met all of them, right? Uh, But Mm -hmm. they want to follow you because you have such an interesting story to tell and it's pretty exciting. So I think that's that's really cool. Um, what do you think is the f- future for you guys? I mean, for, you know, Korean-inspired clothing, because, you know, we don't see that, right? It's not a common thing. Uh, what do you see uh, your future is in the next three to five years and probably future of fashion in general? Because we know COVID has really disrupted fashion and I know even a lot of big brands have gone out of business because of COVID Mm -hmm. last year. Um, And um, so how are you breaking through that, um, that, uh, that barrier of, of, uh, um, you know, getting the word out about Issei and what do you think is the future for you guys and what are you planning Mm -hmm. on doing for the next, you know, few years? So just kind of going back to, you know, what we talked about, you know, sharing your personal story. So after we started to do runway, um, we've done six runway shows now. And I have to admit during that time, I thought we had to portray ourselves as, you know, this runway brand, this like higher end fashion brand. So I kind of, we stopped sharing uh, some of the process in our personal story. Um, 
which I regret, but you know, when you're doing runway, it's the year passed by so because right after the show, you have to prepare for the next one, next one, next one. But because of Corona, you know, all the shows got canceled and, you know, it was the first time in like two to three years where we were able to kind of sit down with our team and, um, you know, really go through like, you know, why are we doing this brand? You know, what do we stand for? Like, what do you want to, what do we want to represent and you know put out to the world? Um, and it was so good for us, you know? So, um, yeah, our plan since then is to go even more personal with the story, go, you know, even more in depth with, you know, exploring our own heritage and how we can reinterpret that in different ways. Um, yeah, so we're really thankful, like, during that time, to kind of hone in and focus more on, you know, why we're doing this company, you know. And then to talk about, uh, yeah, so I'm excited for that part. And also, like, in our future plans, um, you know, we will be moving to New York at the end of this year. We're going to do six months in New York, six months in Seoul, kind of just go back and forth. Um, we are planning to open a showroom in New York City. Uh, we're going to do a bunch of events. Um, collaborations there and you know in terms of the company you know yeah we're making clothing right now but I want to focus on you know lifestyle goods Um, I want to make kitchenware stationery furniture Um, maybe five years later we can have like our own cafes you know where the entire the entire interior design is designed by us in like a modern Korean way you know, all the uniforms are designed by us. Um, yeah, I, I just want to be, or I want you say to be a full lifestyle company where you can kind of walk in and you can buy anything you need and it'll be kind of, you know, Korean inspired, high quality and, you know, good focus on design and craftsmanship and all that. So I think that's like our big picture goal. That sounds very, very exciting. And I have confidence in you guys. I'm, I'm, I just thank you, man. Hope it comes hope sooner. Hope it, hope it comes sooner than later. Um, this is going to be the last question. I'm just going to give you the floor. Um, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to share, um, whether it be inspiration or advice or whatever it may be, um, and also where they can find where where people can find you and your brand. Um, the floor is yours, you know, say what it is that you ever, that you want to say and share to the genius nation. Okay. I think the most important skill I've developed over all these years of trying to run a company is being able to connect with people from all over the world. And that's always through friends. And even when, I'm tired. I always go out to events and try and network. And I've met so many good people that have, you know, become my really good friends now. And we've helped each other, you know, in each other's careers so many times. And what I realized is that really the next person you meet could really, you know, take your life in a completely different direction. And that's happened to me, you know, several times. Uh, where I wouldn't be on this path if I hadn't met this person, you know? So, yeah, I think I, I I like to invest a lot in people, um, and yeah, they just like Issei would not be here you know, if it wasn't for support we've gotten from so many you know friends that we've met along the way. 
So definitely, you know, invest in people. That's what I'm going to keep focusing on as well, especially with my move to New York. And uh, what was the second part of the question? Where can people find you and your brand? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, you can find us. Our website is iisc.co. And on Instagram, you can find us on iise. So S-E-O-U-L. Um, we're kind of quiet on social media right now, but it's because we're preparing a lot of content um, this summer for all the collabs lined up. So, yeah, you, you'll see a lot more content from us. And if you guys are you know, New York-based, uh, we are planning an event for November. So we'd love to meet anyone from Chinese Nation out there. And you too, George, of course. Of course, I'm definitely, I definitely will be there. <laughs> I mean, it's so exciting to hear and um, just what's going on with you and Issei. And uh, I'm just so excited for you. I just want to pull out four points that I that kind of like summarize and recap from our conversation mm-hmm. today that I think are quite important. One is the trial and error aspect of it. You know, um, mm-hmm. you guys did not know what you were doing, yet you dove in and you just did it. And you learned as you went on the way. I think a lot of people are uh, paralyzed. You know, they have, you know, many people have great ideas, but they don't actually go and do them because they're paralyzed from fear or whatever. But despite your fear and your brother's fear, you just dove in. You went to China. Um, (laughs) That's kind of crazy, but you went to China. You didn't even know the language. You didn't have anything. And you, um, and, and, and you did whatever you had to do. And then, it brought you to Korea and it just blossomed into something great. And that came from trial and error, but that also came from point number two, I think having faith in yourself and belief in yourself, right? Um, Mm -hmm. We need to, if we want to do something, have a hundred percent faith that we can do what it is that we're trying to do. Yeah. Will we fail? Maybe it could be more than likely than not, but we have to have some faith and belief in ourselves that we can actually try to, do and accomplish what we're trying to set ourselves out to do. So I think that's a very important point. Um, number three, being humble, right? Um, I think that's a very important thing. And a lot of other people I've spoken to before also said that, you know, being humble, right? It's it's probably one of the most important characteristics of, of a person. Um, and people can tell whether or not you're legit or who you are um, just through your actions and how you speak and exactly. how you present yourself. And, you know, if you're humble, a lot of people like to be with humble people because <laughs> they're not talking about themselves. They want to get to know you. And that leads me to point four, which is like networking, right? If you want mm-hmm. to build something, you will... The more people that you know, the better off you may be because the more people you know, those people may know other people and may introduce you to those people and your network will grow and so may your business. So if you guys out there in the Genius Nation are trying to start a business, well, you can't do it from your chair and your desk, right? You have to go out, network, even if you're tired, like Taryn said, get out and meet people, and you never know what will happen. I think those are great things. And Terrence, I just want to thank you for your time today, for joining us and sharing about who you are, where you came from, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. I think the next six months are going to be really exciting, and I hope you can uh, keep us posted uh, on what's going on, and definitely you better invite me to that uh, New York event because I I want to be there. 
Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, it was another humbling experience just kind of, you know, going through all the experience that I've been through uh, the last few years. So yeah, it was a really good time. Uh, thanks for having me again. Awesome. Well, Coverage Genius Nation, we're at the end of this episode. If you hung around until the end, then I want to truly thank you for sticking it out with us. This is my first foray into podcasting, and I'm sure there will be a lot of mistakes made and a lot of lessons learned. But I'm also sure that if you stick along with me throughout this journey, you'll definitely get something out of it. Trust me. And if you haven't already, please like this podcast and subscribe as it helps get this podcast out to others. Oh, and if you know someone who you think would be good for the show, send us an email at coveragegenius at gmail.com with as much info as possible and maybe we'll reach out. Hey, you never know. So thanks for stopping by, Genius Nation. This is George saying to you, I'll see you next time.